Check, check, check. Here we go. We're recording. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to turn the AC off, but I just wanted to get a little bit of it so that people knew what we're sacrificing for. What we're giving... We give up a lot for this podcast, guys. Yeah, we do. And you're about to hear it. And I'm wearing a full sweatsuit. You literally right look like you just came from the Arctic tundra. <laughs> from a jog in the Arctic tundra. I look like I came from like a CrossFit in Antarctica. <laughs> you, you always do. You tend to go pants as much as you can. I know. Which is Well, the, the pandemic has got me really excited. Could for I say pandemic? Pandemic. Seal it up. We yeah. just high five. Uh, <laughs> it's got me excited about sweatpants. Yeah. Last time I wore sweatpants, I feel like it was in second grade. And somebody <laughs> told me, I remember this as plain as day. Somebody, I was walking in from the bus to the school and somebody mentioned that I had worn that yesterday. Oh. And that was, I was like, just because I was wearing a sweatsuit at the time, I was like, I'm not, I'm never repeating an outfit and I'm never wearing sweats again. Which and is, it took a global pandemic to get me to come back to which, the well. Okay, because we kind of address this here in a minute because one of the questions, but can I just say, both you and I, we are creatures of habit clothing-wise. So it's funny to hear, because I mean, you, you have a you have two or three outfits I know really well. I have That's generous. the same. Same. But, but isn't <laughs> it you funny one. that you, that you <laughs> no, 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 because you have, you have like longer, ver- you have pant versions of the shorts. You know what I mean? Like you yes. just have the same yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, pant yeah. Right? yeah. But like. I'm the same. I'm exactly. Yeah. I have two. I, I was literally looking today at a, a ad I got for a clothing store. I like that sounded really regal. It did clothing store. Um, and was it Barney's? Yes. It was. It was. It was Selfridges. <laughs> it was a hand delivery. And uh, they're running a sale right now. And I may buy a third of the same shirt because it's fifteen dollars. This is our first dad tip, and this doesn't have to go to dads. This can go to anyone, but it took me thirty some years to learn this. But when I find a shirt, especially that fits or anything, just buy five of them. Oh, if that, you can. Uh, yeah. I mean th- that, that same goes for cars. If you guys have <laughs> <laughs> if you're able budget dependent. There's probably like one person listening that's like, no, that's exactly what I do. Um Steve Jobs, do you know do you know yeah. the thing about him? He had, he had a famous sort of he had that famous outfit and somebody sitting at and you know asks like why do you wear the same outfit every day? He's like if you calculate the time that I save by just wearing the same outfit every morning, I save like a month worth of time. Wow. Of not standing in the How closet. How much time was he spending? Like, I know, that's that's a whole other before. conversation. That, yeah, that's another topic. Um so I uh, do celebrate your warm-ups. Um, yep. You have great legs anyway, though. Thank I you. I don't like when you cover them up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode of Dadville is really fun. So John and I love having interview uh, friends on. Interview friends? <laughs> we have friends, <laughs> we have and then you have interview friends. That's kind of true. You it? guys know what I mean. It is. That's exactly <laughs> true. But this episode, we were really excited about doing a Q&A. We actually hadn't done a Q&A yet. I mean, for all the interviews we've done, all the episodes that you and I have done, just the two of us, we haven't had a legitimate question and answer yeah. episode. And so we uh, we took to the social medias yesterday, Medii, Medii? Well, you took to the social medias. I planned to take to the social mm-hmm. medias, and I, I realized I only took to one social media. You took to social, I just a did. social media. Yeah. Okay. And we asked you guys, um, which, I mean, that's kind of, that's a little poor planning. On, let's be honest. I mean, the day before, <laughs> it's not... Welcome to Dadville, folks. Um, it's not Momville. It's not Momville. Which it, that would it, you would have got that tweet on Monday. Yeah, an email reminder. Yeah. yeah. But you guys really showed up and showed out here. There's some really, really, really good questions. And so we're going to kind of cruise through these. Some we'll spend a little more time on that take time uh, to tickle. And then some, you just, you know, it's just, you know, they're, they're quick answers. Um, yeah. So, Johnny, you want to kick us off? Here we go. From Mason M. Cool. Wait. Or is that Mason McCool? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry if I'm butchering any names. That here. goes from either like a really amazing comic book character or a real person. Mason McCool is a real McCool. person. Mason M. Cool. Yeah. Kid spy. Yeah, he's got his own show if it's M. Cool. Yeah, Nicholas. Okay. It'd be really cool to hear you guys talk about your Enneagram types and how that influences the way you dad. I'm a four. I didn't want to bust the bubble on this, but when you mentioned walking into the school... And that guy called you out. That had been as a little four kid. That had been a dent. That had been yeah. a big. That had been a big moment. Oh yeah, I've got a couple of those that I really remember. Yeah, and a lot of them happened in second grade. Uh, we'll get back to that. Um, 
I and I've never thought about how how it affects my dadding, but I'm a, I'm a four for those who aren't familiar with Enneagram. Just roughly like the four is like the artist or like the what, what's romantic, another the romantic, but yeah. we're prone to being emotional and like really feel diving deeply, in. Feel, we feel really, very really deeply. deeply. Yeah, kind of um, have like the biggest antenna of the numbers. Like you're really yeah, you feel you take in yeah at a very. I mean, I su- my first thought is I'm probably if I'm really if I'm feeling down or something like that it's i can't get out of it so it's like i'm not the dad which we our friend barrett is the king of the opposite of this if he's having like a down day when he gets with his kids he can shut that whole thing off and just be with his kids for me if i just got an email that bums me out or whatever it is i cannot shake that but i think the opposite side of the coin is like when i'm feeling great it's like you know Banana splits all around. Yeah. What about you? God, now I'm thinking about banana splits. Yeah. I'm also thinking about splits. <laughs> yeah. And then someone being like, this is a banana handing split. you a banana split. Handing <laughs> <Yeah>. me <laughs> <Yeah>. a banana. <laughs> this is banana split. Um, you know the other thing that they say that you guys, the fours give to their kids, which I think is really profound, is the ability to sit in pain with them. Mm. You know, when you yeah. think about Stephen James's uh, podcast that we did earlier, if you guys have listened to that, Stephen talks about just kind of will you be there, like you know, yeah. will you be with me? And if I think, you guys haven't listened to that episode, yeah. you should pause this and go back and listen. Yeah, that, but yeah, come, I but learned a lot. Then, Please come back and then unpause and rate and review. Um, <laughs> no, but I think that's a gift that you guys have. That's pretty profound. Is which is very different than me. But you know, to really sit and be like, hey, we don't have to get, like I'm sad with you. This mm-hmm. sucks. I mean, kind of yeah. your point. I think the good the. Watch me reframe. That's what we do as sevens. But um, I do think one of the things really great about y'all is, is is that what sucks is you can sit in your pain, but what's really amazing is you have an ability to sit in an emotion. And that, mm-hmm. that cannot serve you and sometimes, obviously, with any of our things, but it can in moments like that where you're, yeah. you're, you're not afraid to go like, hey, it's okay, let's be sad. Yeah. Where yeah. maybe that's not a gift of mine, quote unquote. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that doesn't come naturally to me because I, I still have that, sort of a selfishness and be just the stereotypical kind of guy thing that I want to fix something. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah, if I'm being yeah. really honest, I'm totally fine to sit in my own pain and I'll come back here to my writer's room and wallow in it all day. <laughs> but if it's someone else's pain, that's inconveniencing my day. That's a totally <laughs> Your different pain. situation. If someone else's pain. And that's all I want to say about that. I don't want you to. Um, so I am uh, a seven, which if you don't know anything about the Enneagram, uh, which we're going to do a podcast. We're going to have some friends on to do a podcast on the Enneagram. Yeah. Soon. But uh, I'm a seven, which is called the enthusiast or the Epicurus. Epicurious? Epicurious. I would I would say if you don't know anything about Enneagram, but you're familiar with Dave Barnes, then you at least know what a seven is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Dave it's Barnes pretty is awesome. a seven, and I think as far as kids, so we're you know sevens are like if you guys know anything about me, it's it's me. It's you know big personality, fun, upbeat, glasses kind of always um, half full, right? I always get that confused. Yeah, yeah, half, half full. full, and. um so there's a lot of good things about that. Um, obviously, a lot of bad things, and I think some of John's superpowers are like my, my like kryptonite. I'm not. I I want to get through hard stuff to get to the good stuff. One of the things that I do think is hard, or I should say, influences the way that that I parent, is that um, it is really hard for me to be still and be in the moment. And so I think, you know, for me to I'm always thinking about the next thing. When you really start doing a deep dive on the Enneagram, there are these different stances when as they pertain to time. So these three numbers are the present stance, three numbers of the past stance, and three numbers of the future stance, meaning like that's how you think about time. Is like what's coming, what's happening right now, or what's already happened. And you tend to dwell on those three times. Yeah. Mine is future and it's yeah. so obvious with everything in my life. My day is only as good as the next thing I can look forward to. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, if I'm feeling bad, the quickest way to fe- for me to feel better is to go, oh, but I got that thing tonight. Yeah. Oh, but tomorrow I'm going to, and it gets me back in a good mood. So I think it can be, it's good for my kids in some ways because um, I can be very fun. I, I think, you know, one of the things I give my kids is like laughter and and for moments that get really hard or intense, I can lighten it, which I'm really thankful for. But I think, you know, 
it's really hard for me to be present if I'm not in a good headspace. I'm just, I can be off in flights of fancy in my head or I'm thinking about the next thing. So I'm not sitting with the kids kind of like we're talking about with you, John. Yeah. So, and it, and there's a million other, I think we'll probably talk more about that when we do a, a podcast someday. And if you guys yeah. don't know about the Enneagram, it's really helpful. I mean, be careful with it because it can turn into a little bit of religion, but it is a very, very, very helpful thing. Great right, question. So, yeah, it's a great question. Mr. Thanks. McCool. Thanks. M. Cool. So S. Jacob Walker, or maybe Sir Jacob. Sir Jacob Walker. Sir Jacob Walker. So Jacob came in with the heat. Yeah, he, multiple. Jacob, you, you kind of killed the game on this one, man. Okay, so first, your favorite shirt, past and present. I had a uh, 19, I don't remember the year. I want to say it was 1985 Chicago Bears, like, oh. Super Bowl champ. I'm not enough of a football yeah, yeah, guy to know what year that was. was. Yeah. But it was... The, it was like it was made for me, <laughs> and it was a, a like a real old one. It wasn't like a new one that was made to be old. But I wore that shirt so much to the to the point where it was literally like see through falling yeah. apart. Yeah. And I don't. I just lost it someplace in a hotel. It's tragic. Was this in your adult life? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. I didn't. You definitely would have. This was like early. I think Amy and I were were married maybe around, but it was around that time. When we were like dating, newly married around then. Okay. It was, I, you know, I never you, looked you, better. You sort of opened, <laughs> I would argue that, but you have your sweatpants, I was like, can't see your legs. You said kids made me think of, I had a Vision Street wear shirt that I thought was the coolest thing ever. Vision Street? Vision Street wear at the skate company. You oh, remember okay. that? It was like that iconic, like Vision Street wear. It was like, if you skate at all. That was, that I've was what I loved. Stayed up on a skateboard. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's, feel like. I think now, man, I'm just kind of, there's this company called, um, Oh, Soul Angeles. So like Los Angeles, but SL. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they make these really, really soft shirts. And they, they, I bought a shirt from them probably five years ago that I wore to the point that like Annie was like, honey, it's, it's time. It's over. We all know. It's over. The shirt knows. It wants to go home. <laughs> um, but you know what I love is, this is a free ad, but Buck Mason shirts are really great. I'm wearing one yeah. right now. They're like yeah. cheap, affordable. And those, they come in like plain colors, which I'm a big fan of. How have your dads changed I mean, so Jacob came in with like a lot of variety, which I appreciate. So t-shirts now, or how have your dads changed his grandfathers versus being fathers? My dad, I know, has gotten a lot older. <laughs> I don't know about next yours. Next question. Yeah, next question. What do we, what do we have next? <laughs> um, man, that's, I think that he is, my dad is the greatest, and he's the greatest granddad. We call him Papa. In a lot of ways, I feel like he's the same as he was as a dad. Like, he's funny with the kids. Like, he's goofy and and has that, you know, dry humor that I think the kids kind of appreciate because he doesn't talk kind of baby to them, you know? But I think he's he's great at being really present, which I'm speaking for him right now, which I shouldn't do. But I feel like maybe he would say, and maybe this is something that is universal with being a parent versus being a grandparent. I feel like when he was a dad, he's so busy and he's working a ton and et cetera. He's providing for the family. And now it's a little bit, life is slower. And when he's with his grandkids, he's, he's so present. It's not like I felt like he wasn't present when I was a kid. Cause I do feel like he was, but it's cool to see that, you know, from sort of like the outside looking in, seeing how just with my kids he is, you know, yeah, I think, you know, they always laugh, and I think this is like every, oh, that's not fair. Most of the grandparents that I know have the joke, like, we told you no your whole life, now we get to spoil the kids, yeah. so we just say yes yeah. to the grandkids, we just say yes to them, which is really true. I mean, I know that about, you know, both here and Amy's <laughs> parents, and I know mine and Annie's mom and dad, so so it's yeah, kind of sweet. Yeah, because I think, they're, and, and, and you know what's funny, it's actually get it, it, it can yeah. be, I I would say to to parents to new parents kind of going through that dynamic. I I would just say in general, just just it let is what it your, is. Let the grandparents do what they want. Yeah, you know they've earned yeah, it. Yeah, of course. There's people listening. They're like, no, you don't know what you're saying. Yeah. But I think too to your point, it's just such a different season for a man. You know, it's like you nailed that talking about your dad. Same with mine. Like you know, they're huffing it for thirty, forty years. Yeah, providing. And then they just, you know, retirement or life slows down, kids are gone, whatever. And then they really do slow down. And so I think there's a lot more like graciousness, a lot more joy. Like uh -huh. my dad's just always happy, just chronically happy when I see yeah. him. 
um, with the kids too. So it is energy because it's like they get access to a different version. Not a bad, but just like version 10.0 where we got one and two, yeah. which was still amazing, yeah. but it's really different. It's true. You know? Yeah. Okay. The last time you changed your kid's diaper, did you realize it would be the last time? Ugh. Dr. Awesome coming in hot on this one. I did not uh, realize it would be the last time. I would say the arc of it goes like this in general, if I had to guess for everyone. Let's go in from your last time. Let's go in 50 diapers. That's the one you think is the last time because you're praying that it's the last time because you're out of diapers and you're like, if I have to go get another box of diapers, yeah. like, this kid should be out of diapers. Yeah. You never really know when the last one is. Well, it's, And I it's, feel like all this, it's just kind of like that. You don't really, the stages just kind of change. And then one day you're like, oh my gosh, do you remember when they used to do this or whatever? And, I, and I'm kind of weird about that. Like I give myself a lot of grace not to be the guy that's like, I didn't realize that was the last diaper. Because I'm like, I remember sitting there being like, dear God, please, can this be the last yes. diaper? So it it is a little, <laughs> like, I try not to be too, like, rough with, like, Dave, you sh- every fold you should have taken five seconds and said a Bible verse every time it attached right. to the adhesive. <laughs> you know, you're just like, you are old enough to not be doing this. Stop doing this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is kind of a, it's a little bit of a theme if you take the macro for a second, I think that's true to a lot of things. Like, you know, it's so easy to look back at pictures and think, God, don't you miss those days? But if you could go back and talk to yourself for a minute, you'd yeah. be like, I'm so tired yeah. of them not being able to walk. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Or whatever the, the sort of milestone uh-huh. moment is. So I have to be really careful. I don't get too nostalgic or too romantic about those seasons yeah. and how amazing they were. Cause it's like, I bet you, if you could talk to yourself in that season, I'm not sure you'd be well, like. Amy and I talk about it all the time in in the middle of a season. How we will say, like, you know, we're gonna look back on this, and <laughs> we're not gonna remember this moment <laughs> at all, which is great. I I want it to be that way. I mean, imagine it being the opposite. Yeah, where you you forget the good stuff and only remember the struggles. But yeah, what is this? Is this Mikhail? Mikhail, Michelle, Mitchell, Michelle, Mitchell, 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 eighty-eight. How you guys stay friends throughout the years with marriage, kids, touring? How do you guys stay friends throughout the years with marriage? How do we stay friends? I don't. Are we? Did we say we wanted to do this one? By the way, <laughs> should we skip? This? Are we skipping this? <laughs> you know, one thing that I think is really interesting. I can't speak for women, though I've tried to, and that's gotten me in a lot of trouble <laughs> in my marriage. Um, they say I can't speak. <laughs> you know, they say, but watch me, <laughs> but just watch me. I think proximity, the older you get, has a lot to do with maintaining relationships. Yeah. And, and that sounds like either the dumbest thing you ever heard, or it may actually be profound. But I do think I have just realized that when your life is so sedentary with a family, you've got all these roots that have, that are starting to really grow deep. And I, you know, like I envision a house and like, if you can just imagine people, you know, the roots going through the floor of your house to just get stuck in the ground. And that's what you want. You know, you want a sense of home. And But I think it's really tough because, and you've got these little kind of anchors and, and kids, you know, they right. kind of keep you there in a really great way. It's tough. I mean, like, it's really tough on friendships because you have to have so much in- intentionality. And it's, you know, it's kind of sad to say sometimes that the friendships that take even driving 20, 30 minutes or lord knows different states you know just hard to maintain and you you really do start to look at sort of the the graph and i'm like man if you look at time spent with people it's all the people that i can see on almost a walk you know or like a really quick drive yeah and so i think that helps i mean you and i living across the street is massive right same as y'all like so many of our friends live within you know a square mile of us yeah um which just is a huge godsend you know and i think when you have kids especially young kids well maybe not even young kids but your your world just kind of starts to revolve around whatever wherever they are and whoever their friends are and the parents of their friends and where they go to school and all that kind of stuff and you can maybe you can kind of control that and be like oh let's move where our friends are and they'll just go to school there but it's gonna happen wherever they wherever your kids are that's going to kind of be your circle. Yeah. So, yeah, I do, I do think last, I think intentionality. I mean, if there's a word that I think about the most literally since we've had kids and really even since I mean, for always for me is just how much life 
requires intentionality if you really want to, you know, whatever your priorities are, those things are always going to take some sense of discipline and intentionality. And I think yeah. friendships are, are to me near the top of that list. Once your life really starts getting in a groove is like, yeah. I want to spend time with those people, you know, me and my best friend who's been my best friend for 20 years now, we walk every Sunday night and it's funny because some Sunday nights, it's just kind of a catch up fun. And then some, it's a three hour deep dive on stuff we're working through, but you know, just something that simple, keeping on the books is such a great thing for yeah. us. Yeah. You know, and so I think that that is a big deal, you know, with staying friends. So the short answer to the question is, is move across the street. <laughs> if you want to yeah. stay friends with someone, <laughs> just or into their back house. Yeah. Share a Wi-Fi. You'll be friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, That's how close you need to be. Man, this one. Yeah. This one is one of the greatest. I wish I would have thought of this question for the podcast you know, from episode one. It's such a great question. KK says, coming in, whoever you are out there, KK, this is, we both read this KK one. Says, like, KK says, we loved it. Am I reading it? We shouldn't tell him. <laughs> we should just enjoy it's it. It's so good. In privacy. It Out of respect for how good it We're is. We're not going to I don't it. think we should say yeah. it. So it, it's this, if you could take, and, and all of you listen to this, Think about this question because it's a really great question. If you could take your kids back to a point in your childhood to share with them, what would it be? I feel like we could do a whole podcast on this. Yeah. And for me, the first hour of the podcast would be me just sitting in silence <laughs> thinking of an answer. <laughs> well, the thing that I find myself is I'm like, I think the thing off the top of my head, which is sadly how I think about everything, but like, I guess the genres, do you want to go like, here was this moment that shaped my life and here yeah. you can see it happening. Here is a sad moment that shaped my life. You can see it right. happening and now you know why your dad is so messed up or, <laughs> or just kind of like, here's now like, you know why your dad wears all black sweats, every day. <laughs> sweats, no matter the temperature, <laughs> you know, or, or, or is it, which my temptation is actually just to be like, I wish they could go back to Mississippi and just watch for five minutes as me and my siblings played or just to see where we grew up to have some yeah. sense, you know, even that. Yeah. It doesn't well, I think be. what's really interesting is what, first comes to your mind. And I know what first came to my mind, and it might not be the answer that I think is most interesting or whatever, but still the fact remains, for some reason that random thought, that random memory was an immediately in my mind. You what know was what I mean? it? Which is, uh, and the specifics of it are, are not important, but I immediately was like, I wanna bring them back to these couple times like in elementary school where I got made fun of and picked on because I want them to see, Hey, I got, you know, I got picked on. This is rough. Like that, it, that really hurt my feelings. That was hard. That was a bad day for me. And that was a, that was a rough time or whatever. And, the, and I'm fine. Yeah. You know, like, which I think the fact that that was the first thing that came to my mind kind of like speaks to the fact that I am terrified of my kids getting hurt. Oh yeah. I want yeah. my kids. It goes, it goes back to, it reminds me of uh, when we were talking to Stephen James and I was telling him about oh, yeah, the playground. Luca and the playground <laughs> and she's not playing with anybody and I can't pay attention to this meeting because I'm, I wanted to find a friend and he's like, dude, that's, that's all you that's coming from your own stuff, you know? So I think it's that, that same part of me that made me, my knee jerk reaction go to that memory. Yeah. That's profound. My first is kind of like yours is is a little more of like a general thought. Like I just wish they could see this, you know, Kosciuszko, the small town I grew up in Mississippi. Kind of, which is funny because I think it has the same thing as yours. Where like half of it is like, and look, you know, you don't have to have some pedigree to end up doing what you do for a living. Yeah, or, yeah. And, and I think especially the meta narrative to me is like God is going to accomplish His will no matter what. Uh -huh. But I think there is this painful part of it too, where I'm like, or fearful part where I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want them to be spoiled. Totally. I don't, I don't want them totally. to have, to think they got to have all this stuff to be happy because right. I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's exactly like yours. There is this sort of yin to the yang on like, oh, it looks like, yeah, look, so you can get picked on be okay. And it's like, actually I'm, I don't, I'm the same. I'm like, see, go up in the smile. It's like, God's going to do what he's going to do. Slash like, see, <laughs> you yeah. don't need all this stuff. Yeah. Like, don't you start thinking life is about, yeah. um, but that's great. It'd be, that, that would be an interesting podcast as we think about the future to think about actually events. Uh -huh. I don't know what, the, I would really need to think about that. Like actual, 
moments where you do the kind of like you know uh, Christmas past future present where it's like take them to the window and they can see in and right whatever's it's, happening you know it's such a great question yeah so this is a good one too so Seth Horton says going to be a first time dad in January holy moly I have no clue to, what to expect what did you guys do to prepare to be awesome dads I just don't yeah I mean I'm going to say the dumbest but I think truest thing you can't there's, you can't I just think it's that is that is the answer yeah. there might be more to that answer but you got to start with saying there isn't anything you can do to prepare for it which is a really great thing because you don't know who this baby is you don't know what they're going to be like you don't know there's just so much unknown and this sounds cheesy but you just got to just like relax shake take it, out. it that's exactly shake it right. out and just embrace the unknown which I, the only advice that I gave to a friend of mine who was, who, uh, Seth was in your shoes years ago, he was about to become a dad. And I told him, uh, and I think Luca was maybe a couple years old at this time. And I told him, I was like half jokingly, half serious. I was like, look, only thing I, only advice I can give you is whatever plans you have once you become a dad, be it, I'm going to go to work today, be it, I'm going to take a shower today. It, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna cry today. I'm not gonna cry today. Have those plans. It's good, but they might happen. They might not. Yep. Don't just hold loose to any plans. I'm gonna go on vacation with my wife. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Amy and I had a vacation planned last year. I, we were so looking forward to it, and we ended up not going because, you know, one of the girls had a fever the day before. It would say, whatever. We just didn't go. Yeah. So you're going to be miserable if you try to bring in the like one-to-one ratio that you had in your pre-dad life where it's like, I make a plan, I execute, execute. the plan. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. That's the only advice I can give. That's, I, I would agree. I, I think my version of that would be, especially with your spouse, have a lot of grace for the fact that you can't control everything that's about to happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just really as best as you can try to communicate and be on the same page with like any expectation, exactly what John said, any expectations that you have are probably going to get you in trouble. So it's flex, it's movable, it's, it's fluid. You're, you're thinking on your feet. You can change how you do something. Yeah. Literally seconds after you've just done it. Like yeah. if you go, Oh, that's not working for us. Change it. Baby doesn't like yeah. that. Change it. I think you have to be careful. It's really, especially with your first kid, like yeah. you're saying, Seth, like, you know, just to kind of go, Hey, I, we got to, we've read a million books or we haven't, and we've watched videos. We've talked to these parents. That's all great. But you know, I think you got to be okay with not knowing what you're doing. And it's a season. It really, I mean, yeah, everything you, know, you will feel like, you know, if you have a colicky baby or whatever, you feel like, <laughs> God like I felt you. night one, the, the Lord had literally abandoned us. Yes. You know, when it comes to your marriage side of that, like I do, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Like the dad side of things, yeah. I'm like, who knows? You know, you just don't, you can't really prepare. But on the, on like your spouse side of things, I would say, man, I don't think I had a, an idea of how hard it is on, it would be on Amy to have kids. Like everybody knows childbearing hurts. And then I think like baby's out, now we're good. It's like, I had no idea how hard breastfeeding was. No idea how hard, like breast for Amy, breastfeeding was harder than childbirth. Yeah. She would say that. Just stuff like that. So I, I would like, I would say just, you know, realize like you're not in the driver's seat for a while. And you know what? And Okay. Last thing for real that you just made me think of, John, because that says true, is your wife is about to change drastically, mm -hmm. drastically forever. Yeah. And it's mostly amazing. It's mostly like she turns into this just super thing, this yeah. like. Which we, I totally agree without an ounce of hyperbole or anything like that. It's like a miraculous, it really is. amazing you, you, thing. You, you watch them turn into this thing God sort of gave them this capability to be. I, I think with that comes some really tricky things too, because it's not just the two of you, you know? Right. And now she's thinking 
She's thinking globally. She's thinking very macro. She's thinking familially. And you will, but not like she does for the most part. And so I think there there is some wisdom on kind of being of knowing that she's just forever going to be. You're forever different, but she's really going to be forever different. And yeah. I think I've gotten into trouble in my marriage when, when I haven't realized that Annie's not that Annie anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because... Yeah. Yes, that happens to us on an emotional level. It doesn't happen on a physical level. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. They've just experienced something that's mild, that's wonderfully divine and profound that we can't, we just, it's tough. And so I, I do think that is the other thing is like, watch that space of going, well, why don't you feel like this anymore? Well, this wasn't a problem before or whatever, because it's like, that's, it's a new, it's a new rule book. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's all new stuff. Uh, discussing the idea of where dads learn how to be dads and continuously work on being the best they can be like one from your own dad, two from friends or acquaintances that are fellow dads, three books, podcast, blog. There's a great podcast on, on, um, dadding. What is it called? What is it called? Dad, Bill. I think no. it is. is that how you I'll, pronounce it? It's so good. It's handsome. really great. It's kind of, kind of taken off. Uh, four mentors, five your own intuition. I like it's not taking so, off. It's kind of taking it's off. Kind of taking it's a gentle off. take off. So where do, where do dads learn how to be dads yeah. with all that stuff? Well, I think that it's, I think it's maybe something like guys aren't good at talking about stuff in general, like real things. Um, like I'll get together with some guy friends, you know, at night and we'll hang for a couple hours and the next morning, inevitably Amy will be like, oh my gosh, so how is, uh, you know, Luke's uh, fiance doing with the wedding. And I'll be like, oh man, yeah, they did get engaged. (laughs) She's like, what did you guys talk about? You're like, like, is Phillip Rivers really going to be the backup? uh, I mean, the quarterback to the Colts need this year. Yes. What do you mean? Why don't you ask about about that, Amy? (laughs) She got a million thoughts on that. But I think that's getting better. You know what I mean? I think guys are talking about this kind of stuff a little bit more. So is that my answer? I thought that was good. Okay. I was curious where it was going. <laughs> that's um, my that's my answer. No, I, I think I think there is something to your point. Like as you get together with dudes, having a place you can talk about that stuff and learn. Yeah. You know, the the question being like discussing the idea of where dads learn how to be dads. I do think to your point, like you know, being vulnerable enough to because that's a huge part. You just don't want to know you're crazy. Like right. it, everybody's crazy. Right. Kids are crazy. Yeah. Like so, just to sit down and be like, I got really mad at my kid last night, and I, yeah. and I was, and I had to apologize. And, and so I, I am like, so grateful that we have that relationship. That I've got that with some other friends of mine, but it's not necessarily something that comes. You know, again, guy, guys just aren't great at doing that. Guys aren't great at being vulnerable with other guys. Yeah, but I think we all need that, and we all want that, and a lot of us consciously are aware that we need it and want it. And so it's just, sometimes you're in, as guys, you're in circles where it's like, well, I'm not going to be the first one. To yeah, for sure. Throw that out. But once you do, you know, everyone's like, yeah, that means a lot that you said that. I, here's my story. Yeah. It's like, you guys just need community. Yeah. Guys aren't great at fostering yeah. that. And it's really helpful, especially when you become a dad and yeah. you need it more than ever. I think maybe this would be, sort of my grandiose answer. I think there's a little bit of a priority list that I would say, and this is going to sound cheesy, but I mean it, your own spirituality, like time, you know, as a, as a Christian man, you know, I would say time reading the Bible, time praying. And then, you know, after that, so, because I think for all the learning and reading we do, none of it works if you're not in the right spot. If you're not, you're going to do a lot better job having read nothing and having spent time with God and centered and meditative and prayed up and in yeah. cahoots with, mm-hmm. with God, you're going to do everything better. You're just going to do everything better. You're going to be more patient. You're going to, you're going to be more intentional, all those things much more than sitting down and reading a hundred books and not doing that in, right. in my opinion. So, so I think yeah, that's paramount, I but I do think there are books and blo- I think the thing that's tricky though. And I mean, this is what we try to have to, I feel like we have to navigate even with this podcast is like this idea that there's just you can get the information and do the job if you just get the right information. Yeah. And I think to your answer earlier, like, you know, as you think about going into having your first kid, it's like it's all malleable and ever changing. Mm-hmm. 
So sometimes it's going to be a great podcast, and this one, and then you know there'll be a book that has some great thoughts. You'll hear a talk or a TED talk, or you'll meet with some dads. I just think a lot of it is just a weird amalgam of things, yeah. you know, and, and experience. Lord knows, experience. I mean, your own experience with your dad and how that worked and didn't work, and right. maybe you want to change. And then I think finally, a lot of it is your kids. Like, like, what does each kid? Again, you know, Stephen's point. Like, what does each kid need? This one doesn't like when I give physical affection like number one did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yep. So then I can't just have a – and I think that's the thing that is helpful about paying attention to your kids in a, in a sense of intentionality is you can't just – this is how I love you, deal with it. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you want to be careful to sort of go like, man, he, he really doesn't like physical affection. Yeah. Uh, but he loves when we sit and talk or yeah. he likes to go – be active together. Okay. That's a way I can get yeah. it. So, you know, I think that, you know, just kind of paying attention to those kind of things is really helpful and, and responding in some ways to your kids and what they yeah. seem to, you know, the sort of frequencies that they resonate at or whatever. It's really just about being, I mean, a, you can really get the information overload and start to double over on yourself and just, yeah, it's a lot you can get. And I'm not saying don't read up on right how to be a dad or, right. or how to parent or right. there's great stuff out there. Right. But what your kids need, well, A, I'll start with this. You are your kid's parent. There is no one, this is what Stephen James was saying. There, There is no one who is going to be a better parent on the face of the planet for your kid than you. You are, yeah. Like, so give yourself that. And the next step, just be with your kid. And there's other stuff that you can do on top of that, but that's just icing on the cake. They just want to be with you. Mm. That's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. That's good. Jordan Lynn, marriage advice prior to kiddos. I would circle back on what I actually already said. I think there yeah. is wisdom to kind of like things are about to change in pretty seismic ways. And, you know, that's going to be really great, but also buckle up. I was chatting with Amy just a, like an hour ago before we came out here. And she mentioned she was like the advice that she would give other couples is, you got to make sure you do what you need to do. Like she lets me go play tennis every day. I let her, you know, like go on a run or go on a walk or like you got to give each other that time and not feel guilty about it. Like this is helping everybody. You got to, and you got to take time to be a couple, you know? One thing that really helped me early on in our marriage was Annie and I were um, actually seeing Steven as a counselor, mm -hmm. which was, as you can imagine, really helpful. But one of the things that he really helped me understand that I had a really, this was just probably particular to my personality, but it may resonate with some people listening. I really felt like marriage was supposed to be this hyper shared experience. Like everything was together all the time. Now that we're married, every, all of life experience is now filtered through both of us, you know? Mm -hmm. And Stephen really had to say like, Dave, to exactly your point, what you just said, like, you are two people that are married, but you're, and yes, biblically you're seen as one, Yeah, but you're still two people. Yeah. Like you, you need to sort of make sure that there's space for that in your marriage in, in a lot of ways, one for recreation and fun and ways you each get joy just from life that aren't both of you, you know, like to your point about tennis and Amy running, but also, and I would say that was just as profound to me, life experience. So, so like how you process life, you may need space to go do that. Mm -hmm. And and I don't need to sit there and be with you as we do that. Like you're going to have experiences that I'm not a part of and that's okay. I'm here to be with you through them and process, you know, but I think that was really hard for me early on in marriage. Yeah. I like feeling like, well, everything, well, if there's a problem, you got a problem, I got to solve it with you. And, yeah, and yeah. I think it was, it was really paramount the, like how helpful he was on going like, she's just going to, yeah, she's going to have problems. She needs to figure out on her own. Yeah. And you will too. That helped me immensely, you know, to realize like, yes, we're married, but we're also two people. We're still two people. Right. You know, and I want to respect that and give her space for that and honor that for as much as we're together also. But, you know, there's going to be times she's like, yeah, I just want to go be myself or I, I need to figure this out. And it's like, uh -huh. great. I'm here if you need me, you know, yeah. which I think can be hard. It's hard for me sometimes to be like, no, we're married. Like good yeah, couples. Yeah, it doesn't good mean that couples. you're not doing it right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Adams Walton. Or that could be Adam S. Walton. Or, or Adam Swalton. <laughs> Adam Swalton. Man, he's so Swalton. If his name is plural, though, his first name, that's a huge one. Adams. Adams. <laughs> uh, Adams's question is, biggest dad fails, grossest dad stories, 
best slash worst dad hacks. Uh, I'm really interested in the in the dad fails. I do. Everybody feel wants to know. We dad I, we I feel like we've we've somewhere in our conversations on this podcast mentioned this, but it really still when we were here I, I that day, <laughs> and we were supposed to be watching the kids, you and I, and deep in conversation, and yeah. Annie walked around the corner with the kids. And was like, hey, they were just three houses down, and they told us that, and it was like, well, uh, no, would you, no, we had, well, they were just here, yeah, and they, uh, <laughs> that feeling. Oh, it's such a great feeling. <laughs> it's heard. it's so great when it happens when I've been and I've had the privilege of being present for someone else's dad fail. That's the best. <laughs> When you can well, just enjoy it in the moment, and you don't have to feel well. Shame I just over remember, it. yes, yeah. You're like, yeah, this is all your shame. I get to which that the, the, your story was was shared shame because I think that it was all the kids. Well, but. I just remember like pretty early on, y'all living across the street. Annie and I had to have a come to Jesus. So I'm like, she's like, look, I love when we all get together, and I love when you and John hang out. You know, that said, you don't really pay attention. And I was like, don't pay attention to what? She's like, literally the kids. I really mean you just don't pay attention yeah. to the kids. And yeah. so I think like realize that was a massive fail. And I was so hurt. I was like, you t-. And she's like, do we need to talk about what happened yet? Well, it hurts so bad because you know oh, she's it's, right. Oh, she is hitting the bullseye. Yeah. And I've, I take pride in really being a present dad. I want to be a good dad. And Amy has told me the same. Like at the park, she's like, I just had to come to the point where I can say out loud, I'm not good at watching both girls at the park. I'm barely good at watching one girl. I can't, if I take the girls it to is. the park by myself, it's different now because they're, they're older and they're, they're fine. But man, it was dicey in the beginning. I, I hadn't, I didn't know where my kids were most of the if time. If you want me to immediately sweat. Yeah. I mean, like on demand, take me down to Severe Park here in Nashville near 12 South where we live and have me watch all three of our kids and have anybody try to talk to me. That's the thing. If I'm by myself, heads on a swivel, it's heads fine. on a swivel. It's fine. But if I'm trying to have a conversation, it just can't happen. Oh my God, it stresses me out. I'll tell you a, a hack, a dad hack that was huge for me. Annie was gone for a little, for a few days, and a buddy of mine was like, make a schedule for the kids. This was the summer. And he was like, make a schedule. Oh, yeah. that the kid- now, granted, only that. my, you know, only Ben can read because Santa's getting close, even 15, but she'll get there. She'll, she's going to get there. Thank you for that. Um, Once she quits smoking, I think she's going to focus. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and Juvie really set us back just her, anyway. Her, her, Financially. Well, that's that's very much true. Sneaking stuff in and cupcakes. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, with her being in kindergarten, she's getting there, but. Because Ben would kind of like, he would be like the town crier. He'd be like, okay, guys, we're doing, okay, remember we got this? And it just, for, for that was really helpful to me. And yeah. I think when she's gone again for like more than a day or two, especially in the summer, you know, or something where you're kind of going, what are we going to do every day? That was, that was a huge hack mm-hmm. for me. And the yeah. kids loved it. It was like, they just fell right in step. They were like, okay, 10 o'clock snack, 11, we get to watch TV for 30 minutes. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know if I have any dad hacks. I can't think of. Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of blanking. My, I mean, grossest dad stories. Uh, I don't even know if I want to. Yeah. There's a. We're back to the park. This, so this is maybe a dad fail. So, this was back when I think Livy was just a a newborn, and I was at the park alone with Luca. There's tons of people there. We're hanging. She she goes down the slide, and. What comes with her is like this <laughs> pool of liquid. Just rushing down the slide. I mean, so much of it, so much pee, and I, without even thinking, I think because there's there were a lot of people at the park, so I, I rip my shirt off, and just sop up all the oh, pee. Oh, John! Because there's there's another. It's not like we're there by ourselves. I'm not saying that I would leave it, but it's like the the slide is covered in pee yeah. right now. Yeah. So and there's kids getting ready to come down. So I saw I just sop up all the pee, pick Luca up and just walk home. But I have to walk through, through most with of the your park shirt off. with my shirt off, John. holding a sopping wet, wet urine filled shirt. And, uh, yeah, that was not my best dad moment. 
Which, like, you know, there were some women and they were like, hello, dad. <laughs> Good. Mo- was there really pee on there, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old kid peed on the slide thing. <laughs> that old nugget. What'd you just work out to? Um, okay, you know what? Th- let's, let's round out this first Q&A episode with this, with this last question. How do you feel about that? Feel great. From Brie Juana. Juana. Brie Juana. Brie Juana. Brie Juana dance with somebody. I love, <laughs> I would love to hear from all these people. And how bad we butchered their names. Oh, she's like, it's she's Brie. Like, it's actually Ashley. It's pronounced <laughs> well, Ashley. Well, you chose the tag, finds me. Is that Brihuana? Mohana? That's Mohana's trainer, Brihuana. Mohana's trainer. She was got a jack. Dude, he was really tall. He was. Okay, so Brihuana says... A few things, and then we'll close the thing out. How did you deal with the transitional stages with your dad from dad to friend? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, there's a little fumbling, you know? It is tricky. I remember my aunt, I was when Annie and I were dating, I would stay with my aunt and uncle who lived in Jackson, Mississippi, and she was, she was leaving one morning to go to this conference on uh, – but I may have been James Dobson or something. I was doing a thing on like how to transition from parent to like peer. Uh-huh. And we had a, I remember that conversation so well with my aunt Sally and it was really profound to me. Like, cause I just hadn't thought about that, you know, I was yeah. still in my early twenties and or mid twenties. And, and now it is, I mean, I, I can't imagine what that's going to be like for us. Cause I feel like talking to my parents or people their age, it's not easy. Like there's a lot of discipline that comes with their role. I don't. I mean, yes, on us a little bit, but yeah, I think, I think it would be trickier on their end. Yeah, yeah. Like how to not over involve or space, but not too much space. Or yeah. why don't y'all come around more? Like, oh shoot, we gave too much space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or or impose what you think about everything. Right. You yeah. Know? And where that line is. Yes. Yeah. I think that would be a lot um, harder. Um, so I think just grace and patience, right? Well, I think. What I would say about my dad and my relationship is, as guys are very good at doing, we focus on what, like, common ground and stuff like that, which we have a great relationship and lots of common ground. So it's not like we're doing this because we're grasping at, you know, straws or anything like that. But, like, I started, you know, when I left the house, I went to college, and then I quickly started traveling a lot. So I was, like up in the middle of the night, up early in the mornings, you know, like going to radio things and all that kind of stuff. And one thing about my dad is he, he's up all the time. He's not a great sleeper. He, you know, when he's working, he's flying early in the morning or all that kind of stuff. So I, I, one thing I have with my dad is I can kind of always call him. Oh, wow. If I'm up at two in the morning, I might call him because he might be up. Wow. So we had, we kind of started my adult life kind of in this great rhythm of like we talk on the phone you know a decent amount kind of a thing and then you get into he's a musician as well so we always had that connection like i can always talk to him about music and he connects with what i do for a living on a pretty deep level you know um and then you become a homeowner maybe or a or a dad and and then there's just he's an endless wealth of knowledge I always have a reason to call my dad because there's always something that I need help with, you know? And he, I think he likes that dynamic. I think he, you know, maybe there's a part of him that's like, I tried to teach you all this stuff. Do you remember when I told you? Don't you? Yeah. You're not supposed to be calling me. Yeah. It's lefty Lucy, righty tighty. (laughs) But I'm inept in that category and so and i and i love it because i i i'm always going to need my dad you nailed it I, I think that that is the thing that has been so fun for me and my dad is that you have a new color wheel of of relation points like yeah places to relate like all of a sudden you know because as a, as a dad and a kid you love them and they're young and then even high school you know you're trying to find these common places and then you Get to an age where you get married, and especially and you have kids, all of a sudden there are a million things to talk about. Like, even for advice or, you know, just relating. Just like, yeah. oh, yeah, he was, oh, yeah, well, you know, you were kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, or what, how did you do with money stuff? Or 
Yeah, Did you ever yeah. think, you know, there's what, just so there's much. a million new there's ways. So, much. so I think that's been one of my favorite things about my relationship with my dad is it just feels like there's kind of inexhaustible things that we could talk about. Then and that I think and very naturally that wasn't the case for a long time. You know what I mean? Like and, Well, you go through a season when you're growing up like high school, college, I'm only speaking for myself and and again, I have a great have and had a great relationship with both of my parents the whole time but you just go through this long phase where i'm only thinking about me oh yeah i'm not calling that's right i'm not you know and and i'm grateful to my parents for weathering through that and now we're on the other side and we and you know i have such respect and love them like crazy and you know but you can you can kind of squash that relationship as the parent you can squash that relationship by just you know being needy and 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 it's a tough transition i'm so grateful that we have got through that now we're on the other side and i respect my dad and love him enough to call and ask for help and he loves that relationship so that is one of the things that i think is the most profound about the change in a relationship with your parent is the empathy that you have because i think you you start having kids and you get married and all of a sudden you're like man this is way harder than i thought it was it's so much more confusing and you really do. I mean, I know I mean, Annie and I have talked about that. I feel like we've talked about that. You and Amy, and you just really go like, man, that this is hard. And boy, do I not feel as strong about things that frustrated me about them. Yeah, as, I mean, and the, you the, I see know that's how me. much they gave. Yes, you and, and how w- much they sacrificed. And too, you know, one of the most profound conversations I've ever had in my life was with, um, you know, Mike and my best bud. I was talking about early walking with, and and this was when we were in our early twenties, but just kind of realizing like your parents for the most part did the best they could. Now that is grandly affected by what they were shown. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, that it's scale, it's all connected. So it's a moving scale for every different parent because yeah. some had amazing childhoods, some had nightmare childhoods, but I think it's safe to say most of them were truly trying to do the best they could. Yeah. Some of them had terrible information to work on. Some of them had amazing, but I think that's sort of this overarching theme for me and a lot of my friends with you. I know like, you know, when I think about my parents for times, it's been hard, wonderful, whatever. They, I'm like, man, I'm I'm just trying to do what I can. They were just trying to do what they can. There's just so much more grace. There's a lot more mm-hmm. empathy. It's a lot more like, man, okay, I'm a, I'm not quite as mad about some of those things as I used to be because, gosh, this is just hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one of my favorite things that's changed as I've gotten older is there's just another – there's so much more appreciation. Yeah. You know, yeah. and going like, boy, I'm not quite as judicious as I was right. with my thoughts. <laughs> um, Man, so, I love this. I know. Wasn't this is great? great. Great questions. Yeah. For everybody. Thank y'all for sending those in. Well, we'll I want to keep doing these Q&A episodes. They're really fun and great proof of how little I actually know about anything. <laughs> Dead